So, good show. Um, I still, I knew on paper this would be a good good card. It almost went, what, it was like three and a half hours with six matches. Every match legit had time, had video packages. It felt very much old school in that regard, right? And even with that being said, for those of you guys who listened to the shows this week, you knew I had a special show, prediction show with a, a guest, which we went what, a little under an hour, and then my predictions went about 34 minutes or something like that. So I'll get an hour and a half show. Henny Wrestling said this was the show he was looking forward to the most. I've had a number of people since they've heard that podcast say, yeah, yo, so chemical. This is the show I'm looking forward to. And this, these, are, these are hardcore AEW heads that I've been talking to. And they're like, oh, my, oh wow, really? Tell me why. I'm, I'm fascinated to know why. You know, because I think because AEW only does so many pay-per-views, they feel special to me. And because we just saw SummerSlam a month ago, less, well, yeah, a little over a month ago, it's like, cool. I don't mind it. But to me, it's like this, right? It's like, you have the same characters, different show, different fights. Still felt special, but for me, this felt even more special because this is their WrestleMania weekend, which is being ruined by WWE. <laughs> this is, you know, wh- what this year culminates in for AEW as we begin a new year. And, and, and obviously the drama that AEW's gone through the last several weeks intensifies everything but to me also matches do when you have now which i didn't see this coming which i should have but i just thought hangman was going to be in the corner i was like man this dude's had a hell of a year for him just to be in the corner of the dark order no now you get a member of the dark order off now you get hangman in the tournament now hangman and and them get the win and then dark order get the win now you have hangman versus kenny omega starting the year off ending the year off in amazing fashion for those six people. And you're the Dark Order in a premier position. You know, they're not going to win. But it's one of those things where it just it just fits the story, right? This, watching it, one, I got to see it. I was The last two hours of my job, the last two hours of my day at work, got to watch this all the way through. Kept it on and let the, let the Bluetooth play through the speakers as I was driving home. Every, everything felt special. The Riddle Rollins match, pushing it back until Cardiff, it, it it's been a blood feud, you know. And we, we we heard what they said on Monday, you know, doing the Cormier Jones thing. But like everything did feel special. Everything felt um, like okay, cool. This is it. Just had enough time. It had time to breathe. Every match went a certain amount, and then you had the main event, which, if that didn't give you big fight feeling, I don't know what will. Don't know what will. We didn't know what the ending was going to be. We all did not know. But if that, in the moment, hearing the broken dreams from Drew McIntyre, seeing him walk down with the video package, seeing Roman Reigns walk down by himself for the first time in his championship reign in two years, walking down the ring to the ring by himself. That didn't give you a big fight, Phil. You need to check your pulse because you're dead, my friend. 
you are dead. Um, before we even get into the show, we're going to hit the notes. Here's how this is going to go. As I'm recording, it's a Saturday. I'm going to record it. I was going to just upload Sunday because technically in Match of the Month, I dropped it today because of the 30-year anniversary, right? Which isn't to the day, but you get why I did it. I'm just going to drop it. And I'm going to drop podcast notes as well. And then tomorrow, Sunday, I will watch Worlds Collide. I will watch All Out, which will be eight straight fucking hours of wrestling. God, help me with that. Um, And I will do the normal Monday podcast. And that will be part two of this part one, obviously. Um, Let's get some notes real quick. Riddle and Theory got their first names back. Matt Riddle is now, once again, Matt Riddle. Austin Theory is now, once again, Austin Theory. The Velveteen Dream, just days after hinting that he may be having a WWE comeback, he gets arrested. Turns out he was arrested a couple times in August. And for as much as Triple H liked Clark, because he always called him by his real name, Velveteen Dream, his name's Clark. I think he knows deep down. And look here, this is, this is a guy who just fired Jeff Jarrett to put Road Dog back in place, into a position. I, I think until... Clark gets the help he seeks. He's not going to have a job in professional wrestling. Now we've never heard um, the f- the the end of whatever that investigation was. Like WWE said, they investigated. They came up with nothing. But what I mean is, like I remember Velveteen Dream getting booked, and then the promoter, like because he had such back backlash on the Indies, he said, "No, nah, never mind. I'm good. Now I don't need to book you." Like he said, he was innocent. I don't. Once again, everyone's going to say they're innocent. Um, but I don't know, you know, and look, dude, he was accused of some Ezra, Ezra Miller type stuff. No, they said it trying to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? Trying to groom people, uh, which is quite disgusting. You know, I actually, I actually have an interesting story since we have this all out thing going on and I'm seeing like some of the figures they have and some of the pre-orders they have now, which we'll talk about tomorrow or monday excuse me i remember the only time i've ever seen a velveteen dream action figure in the store i don't even remember which store i was in i had no clue i think i was out of town for comic-con i remember i'd never seen a velveteen dream action figure in store i've seen the velveteen dream action figures like um on regular collectibles like on the war games box but never in store I saw it, I grabbed it, I'm looking at it, I just, I just kind of put it back on the peg, and I'm just kind of like looking at it. And I'll, I'll never forget this, a guy walks up to me, looking at the figures, he sees me staring at the, the, the figure. Now, I'm not going to be one to sit here and make up rules, but we all know when someone's looking for something, right? We all know when someone's looking directly at something, you know, I mean, some people would be heathen enough to grab it, but most, I don't think I've ever ran into the into action figure collectors that are that way. I'm sure there are. We have swappers, for God's sakes, but I've never ran into one. So the guy just kind of looked at me. You know, you can feel someone kind of looking at you. He looks over and he's like, hey, you think I'm getting it? I said, like, if you want it, you can grab it, bro. Because I don't, as of right now, I don't know. He's like, what, well, the, the grooming stuff, right? I said, like, yeah. He's like, he's like, honestly, I came back. I was here yesterday. And I told myself, if it's here today, I'm going to pick it up. And he was like, but I can't for myself to pick it up. He's like, I usually don't let other people's stuff going on determine for my collection because I love my collection. I said, and he was like, yeah, but it's stuff like, I've always said to myself, I know, because I hate shopping. 
I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but I absolutely hate shopping. And so my theory has been if I walk into a store, whether no matter what it is, and I look to buy something, stuff I want to see a shirt, right? And I pick up the shirt and I'm like I'm like I'm like, uh, on it, I don't want it. Period, but I just don't want it. And I know that. So it means I don't need to get it. So that's my thing with action figures as well. It's all shopping. If I walk in, it's like, eh, okay, I don't really want that. And Mary was like, yeah, same. And so I say, hey, man, you can get it, bro. I'm not gonna get it. I, I just know me. I'm, I'll probably keep the receipt. If I keep the receipt on an action figure, that that fate has been sealed. I'm probably gonna spend the money to buy it, get home, and bring it back. My only, reg- I, I, I'm not gonna say only, but I've had a few regrets on that. Like example, right? If I would have known I was gonna meet Matt Riddle this year, I would have had so many opportunities to buy Matt Riddle action figures. And I just didn't because I was, like, ah, I was always, always on the fence about it. And not because I'm not a big Matt Rule fan. I've been following him since uh, I've known about I've known about him since U, his UFC days. However, I became a big fan of him when I was like, man, they probably should sign this guy. So I've been a big fan of his. It's just to say I don't know, you know. Anyways, at the time they was using him as more of a uh, comedic thing. Seeing this new feud with him and Rollins is um, taking it to another level. Um... But anyways, um, let me send this text real fast. Sorry. So anyways, the point of that is, is until Clark gets his stuff, until Velveteen Jr. gets his stuff together, he's going to be nuclear. But I can definitely see if he gets his stuff together, he goes if he's able to go like a year or two just clean, Triple H will give him another opportunity. If he's still as good, he's damn that's gonna. I'm sorry, he might be the Josh Gordon of professional wrestling. Josh Gordon is a talented receiver that uh, he keeps get, he keeps getting suspended for weed from NFL. That's how I see Velvet's dream. He just he just keeps getting in his own way. Much stiffer reasons, obviously, but you get my point. Hopefully, you get my point. Anyways, there was some controversy this week with a couple of things. One, FTR was re- supposedly removed from the AEW game. They've already done uh, scans and everything. No, there's no word on why they were removed. Um, honestly, this sounds like this is just going to do DLC shit. It sounds like, it sounds like, because if you think about the people who are actually in this thing, at first, it when it was being developed last year, they were saying how it was going to be such a small roster, people like Punk and Brian weren't going to be in it. Punk and Brian are in it. There's, I think they're just saving for a DLC type of thing, and I think that's what this is, because I can see it being more of a DLC where it's like, uh, you have to, I don't know, they, they, they say the story mode is an extensive story mode, right? You know what I think? I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you're going to have a DLC, and maybe the DLC has them with the Ring of Honor championships, the AAA Chats championships, and the AEW. I can see it being something like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I think they're going to be in the game. I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, it, it got out, so like they have to like pretend they care when you're FTR is one of the highest groups this year they're gonna be in the fucking game on Raw had to get some war sorry about that Raquel and Aaliyah win the tag team championships we'll talk about that already Joe Doring much respect to him and uh many prayers up to him steps away from the ring to have surgery for his brain cancer I was going to talk about, like, NXT and stuff, but we're going to... Since I decided to add that to the review for Monday, I'm just not even going to worry about a lot of this stuff. Braun Strowman 
apparently had some uh, interest in WWE bringing him back with the right idea. Um, I think it's a terrible idea. But once again, I've never been the biggest fan of Braun Strowman. The one thing I can acknowledge is that Braun Strowman at one point in time was one of the most over people. Him and Seth Rollins were so hot. It felt like they could have had a main event run together for the world championship because they were both they were both on Raw at one time. I don't remember the year. It was whatever year Brock had the Universal Championship for two years or close to two years or whatever. Um, but they were both hot. And the moment they got cooled off was when Brock beat Braun Strowman to retain it because I... I legit thought Strowman was going to get that, that belt in. But that was the year for both of them, right? And it felt like they could, have been, they could have just had their own main event thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And WWE cooled him off considerably. And so I was never a big fan of Braun. He just seemed one-dimensional to me personally. Um, it also could be his mouth. You know, sometimes he's just rude. Like, I saw him at uh, WrestleCon, and... I heard nothing but this dude. If this dude was had, had Yelp reviews, people were not happy with Braun Strowman. Like, let me tell you something. From me paying for it personally, it's not that. So if you're trying to go WrestleMania weekend and you're trying to hit everything, it's just another expense. It's going to be expensive. I I understand that. However, I heard such bad reviews of people just just trying to talk to him. I, hell, my cousin just he didn't spend any money. And he legitimately just had conversations with some of his heroes, Kurt Angle, uh, Mark Henry. Like, these these dudes, I'm sure they want everyone to pay for something. I'm sure they do. Let's not be foolish here. However, even if you're not, they're not good. I, I didn't see many other people that were just like, man, bro, money time. You know, I'm sure if you're someone, like, on a lower level that's probably making you money, I'm pretty sure it's a thing. But, you know, anyways, it's, I don't know, dude. I think his mouth has gotten him into a lot of trouble. Um... It just turns me off. But it, even before he started talking, dude, I, I just wasn't a fan. I just I just wasn't. So I don't know what WWE would even do with him. You know, like the big monster days, that's cool, I guess, but whatever. Um, but I'm I'm not a fan of this, personally. But supposedly he's already resigned and coming back on Raw. Supposedly, I don't I've seen a number of sources on this, and the sources that I see that have been reliable have not been good ones. So, we also have rumors this week that one person said The Fiend was in Chicago, another person said Fiend had boarded a plane to Cardiff. So, the reporting for this weekend has been uh, terrible at best. Let's just get that out the fucking way. Also, for you guys asking me about the Malachi Black release, uh, I don't know what to think about it. I've read once again conflicting. I seen Raj Geary say that it was Malachi Black that requested his trade, that requested his um, release. There's gonna be a lot of that if it's true. I'm just going for it's true. Some people are, are Triple H guys. Malachi Black is definitely a Triple H guy. Um, I don't see foresee a mass exodus to where people like where Tony Khan is just gonna let a bunch of people get released. Um. But I can see him letting a few people go, for sure. Um, here's my thing about it. And this is why I haven't talked, talked about it. Because one, I, the reporting has been shoddy. Two, I don't know what to think about it. Because uh, you know how I see it? And I'm going to use a sports analogy again. So for those of you guys who don't watch sports, I apologize. But it's the best thing I think of. So last year, um, Ben Simmons, uh, formerly of the 76ers, said he couldn't play because of mental health reasons. 
That's such a dicey thing to decipher. I'm not the one that's going to tell someone that, hey, you are, you're lying about mental health. That is, boy, oh boy, you are asking for fucking trouble and a fight. Not a Twitter fight. You are asking for a fist fight. Um, and to me, that is just so, so very fucking dangerous. Um, so I'm not even going to go there. If, they, if they're true, I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope Tony Khan realizes, hey, this might be a serious situation. He's kind of leaving Brody King and Buddy Matthews a shit because they signed for, probably for him to be in his group. So, you know, that's kind of shitty. But um, you got to do what you got to do for yourself. So that's all I'm going to say. Moving the fuck on. Triple H interview with Errol Hawani. He uh, sat down, confirmed Brock Lesnar's walkout of SmackDown after finding out Vince has stepped down and retired. He also said that uh, congratulations to AEW, you defeated our developmental, which got AEW, Chris Jericho pretty pissed off, which I thought was hilarious. Um, this is a good interview. Triple H, the two interviews I've seen with him and with uh, Logan Paul, were, uh, or Jake, what's your other fucking Paul it is, have been fucking great. You know, um, obviously he's making rounds just to show that there's a new era, show his face. Um, I think it's a good watch, a little over an hour. Um, I would not get offended by anything he fucking says, because it's like, what else do you want him to say? Like this For him, this is a competition now. And he lost one competition already. Now he has the entire checkbook to play with. At first, he just had NXT, right? And that was a pretty good, you know, checkbook to have. Now he has everything at his disposal. He has every weapon. He's legitimately making everything continuity-wise. It, it feels like... The Sony-verse started in 2008 and at the MCU. And all of a sudden, Kevin Feige came along in 2022 and said, oh, I know how to fix that. And they said, well, we, 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 he, they're the devil we know. He says, all right, cool. If you don't want to make money, all right, we'll give you a try. Or it was like somebody at Sony had a Vince McMahon thing going on. They get fired. Now Kevin Feige has everything to play with. To make every Look what we did with NXT. This is the only reason I was going to talk about NXT anyway. I guess I'm talking about NXT anyways. He legit made it all continuity. The week before, you see Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis kind of get their end to the story. You know, even though it seems like Indy Hartwell's being called up. Now, then you see during the Worlds Collide, just to build up to Worlds Collide, you see Tyler Bate. You see him encounter, encounter Walter or Gunther, whatever you want to call him. You see him encounter Pete Dunne. You see Rhea Ripley. Let people understand she is the only woman, only woman to ever hold the NXT UK Championship and the NXT Women's Championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's the only one, only, only person to do it. You know? Mandy Rose ended up encountering Shayna Baszler, one of the most dominant NXT Women's Champions of all time. One of the only two-time NXT UK, excuse me, NXT Women, NXT Women Champions. So, like, you see it, and everything's become continuity now. And now it's just like, okay, cool, you know? Like, so now he can do, now he can have his whole NXT-verse. <laughs> um, so, he's going to say it, dude. I, I just, I just can't, I, it's, 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 it's it, I can't see it doing it. But it's not going to be a war. It's not going to be a war. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be good for wrestling, though. Having fans be able to, I, I think some of the toxic fans need to go away and just die slowly. I mean, excuse me, die fast. The people who are just, and just insanely fucking rude, they need to just go away, period. But I think it's good to have options, especially since New Japan still isn't, New Japan isn't hot. Like, New Japan, like, they got Forbidden Door, but they still weren't hot. 
You know, like, and right now, Will Ospreay's probably going to cool off a lot after the summer he's had going into that, which I'm, which you have to imagine after what happened. And I didn't see this until the other day, until Friday. That's why I didn't say anything during the Thursday podcast I did. But the beatdown that uh, United Empire laid on the elite. And oh, Osprey saying, oh, I'm not done with you, Kenny. Like, legitimately, if you don't think Osprey versus Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome is going to happen, and if it doesn't happen, why doesn't it fucking happen? That's fucking bananas to me. But, like, it's 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 good for wrestling. But, you know, New Japan just isn't hot. We, you need other options, you know? So, um... There you go. And that's that, that's just me, Tony Khan. Boy, oh boy, this was this was tough. I went, when I when I read it, I said, "Is that true?" He said that. And I looked up and it seems like he said it. Apparently, he said that uh, people were knocking him for because Thunder Rosa got such a little time, and he said it's not fair because a eight minute CM Punk promo is going to draw and an eight minute Thunder Rosa promo won't draw. And I one he shouldn't have said that. It's true. It's facts. Shouldn't have said that. But to me. And also the rumor is, is that Thunder Rosa said she wanted to relinquish the AEW Women's Championship. Tony Khan would not allow it to be relinquished. Once again, another Tony Khan call, which I said this on Thursday. Tony Khan is to interim championships what WWE is to unifying fucking championships. So anyways, um, here's my thing. He didn't need to say the comment. It would not have drawn. I thought it was fine. Everything has to be apple to oranges. We already know the booking of the woman does not match the booking of um, the men. Here's my one thing in defense of Tony Khan. is It took WWE 40 years to be, treat the woman right. You're talking to a fan of the 90s that loved Bull Nakano. I loved Bull Nakano and Medusa matches. Or Alicia Alundra Blaze, whatever the fuck you want to call her. I love their fucking matches. They were fucking awesome. Right? They didn't get hardly any fucking time. And I just actually was watching the Luna Fashan Dark Side of the Rings. I never watched it. And to know that, one, I, I knew Luna Fashan never won a championship. But to know Alundra Blaze, Medusa, whatever you want to call her, said, I'm just going to drop the title. It doesn't matter. If, if they fire me, who cares? They don't treat us with respect anyway. And Louis Vachon just couldn't do it. Think about that. So we're, we're acting like this is like a, a, a thing that they've always done. They just started doing it because of the NXT brand, Triple H. Give it, we, we have to give it more time. This is still a young company. This is still a, Just because you're out of the honeymoon phase doesn't mean a goddamn thing. This is still a very young company. And so we need to give them time. We, 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 do even if you're a fan... Of the, the the PG era, you are still around for the diva era, motherfucker. So you're, you're, you're so if you're telling me they've always been treated like respect since you've won, won, come on as a fan, you're a liar. Period. Bottom line. Just because they weren't doing brawn pains matches doesn't mean they were still giving the women the respect they deserve, especially when you have people who are putting a stop clock on the fucking women's matches. They're still brand new to this as well. So let's just, let's just get that out the fucking way. But Tony Khan shouldn't have said that. Bottom line. Brody Lee will be in the AEW game, which is not a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, his son, is it negative 10, would be in there as well. Bobby Fish's contract will not be renewed. Apparently he is a free agent right now, which this is like mid-storyline. Now we're not going to see the Elite versus uh, Undisputed Elite. 
uh, or whatever their name is, um, Undisputed Era, no, whatever it's called. Because uh, even then, Kyle O'Reilly now is out indefinitely after neck fusion surgery. So this is, um, wow. I wonder where I wonder where Adam Cole goes because Adam Cole now is still not medically cleared, so he's gonna miss all out. Um, who knows how long he's gonna be out? This is this is a uh, feel better. Hope Bobby Fish gets um gets a, gets more work somewhere. It's not just maybe maybe independent thing. Maybe he can charge a lot. You know, I don't know, but um that that's a that's a huge blow to that storyline that we will never see an ending to now. So, anyways, those are the quick notes I want to talk about. You're going to hear um, the music for the intro, and then we're going to get right into my thoughts of AE. Excuse me, oh, listen to me, I'm going to have myself of WWE Clash of the Castle. Anytime we around, it go down, we major. Anytime we around, it go down. Down and down and down again. Oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. Oh, if they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Alright guys, welcome to the second part of the show. Or I guess that's kind of a cold open just to get the notes out of the way. But I was so here's what happened essentially. The reason why I decided to do that, it was actually as I was talking to you guys, I was thinking about it. I was like, I didn't know how to process the show. Because to me, I felt like the reason why I wasn't understanding to, to myself, to myself, why this wasn't the most anticipated show for me, right? I've talked to some people, I've talked to some people the last couple of days where like, they're as big of wrestling fans as I am. And everyone kept saying, this is the show. This is the show for me. This is the show I'm looking most forward to, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, man, why don't I feel the same? Which is, look here, dude, the name of the show is fucking called I See Things a Little Differently. My life is the same way, right? But I, I just wanted to try to connect with what I wasn't connecting with, if that makes any sense. So, just start thinking and thinking about it. And then, as I was talking during the cold open, essentially what happened was I said to myself, I'm going to stop at the end of the, these notes. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the main event. Only the main event. Which is a luxury we don't usually have. I don't usually have as a content creator because this one was so early in the day that legitimately it's, it's I recorded that first part at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now it's just nine o'clock at night. Um, so I went back and watched the main event. I still enjoyed it very much. So, and I realized why after I watched the main event for me, I think the entire show for me was predictable and except for the main event. Um, and I know sometimes people that are cynical say, oh, wrestling doesn't have that big fight feel. I disagree. The last two weeks alone, we've had two matches that no one, no one knew what was going to happen. And ironically, both had finishes that no one liked or the majority did not like. But definitely Punk, Moxley had people talking even afterwards. This will have people talking even afterwards, um, there's a lot of heated people right now. A lot, like a lot of people who are not happy with the reign of terror, as, they, as they're calling, as they're starting to call it now, and stuff like that. And um, so, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm interested, you know. But I think that's why. I think if you go back to my predictions, I didn't know about the six man attack, so I didn't even predict that. 
But I believe I was right because every everything was predictable for me because Rollins has been losing legitimately all summer since since Cody came into he's only beaten people like fucking the the Street Profits and that doesn't that doesn't fucking count. He needed a big win on this stage, and he got it. And um, Rollins needed the win. Liv needed the win. I didn't think it was going to get the, decis- the, the the win as decisively as she got it, but she got the win. Um, I even predicted the, the whole... Because you could just see going into this, especially once Damage Control lost. I said, I just... I don't know if I said this on the podcast the other night, but I definitely said this in my, in my head. I was like, this six-man tag feels like a way to get someone to be number one contender. This feels like an international incident. July 96. I told you guys before... I. This the year of '96 from professional wrestling is ingrained. It's just it's ingrained in my soul, my spirit, my DNA for the rest of the time I'm on this earth. I remember vividly the six man tag with an all star team of at the time it was an all star team of Ahmed Johnson who was the Intercontinental Champion at the time, Shawn Michaels who was the WWE Champion at the same time at the time, Ultimate fucking warrior that was then replaced with Psycho Sid. And then you had Camp Cornette of Vader, Bulldog, Owen Hart. Just an all-star six-man tag, right? And I remember vividly saying to myself, wow, this is this is awesome. And I remember at the time, I couldn't afford pay-per-views or anything like that. And I remember I had a friend who uh, called me. He called me like at 10 o'clock or whatever time it was. It was right before I had to go to bed. And I remember he said, hey, your boy got pinned. I was like, Sean? He's like, yeah, Vader beat the snot out of him, and Vader got the win. And that was their way of setting. Like, legitimately, the summer was seven those, those two pay-per-views. You had, actually, those three pay-per-views. You had the May pay-per-view with Beware Dog, where it was a controversy where Shawn Michaels had supposedly, I'm doing air quotes again, uh, had supposedly hit on the Dave Boy's wife. And that's how you got a championship match. Then it was a controversy of both men being pinned. Then you go on to King of the Ring, where Sean gets to win decisively. But then you have Owen Hart and Vader beating him down. Now you have Ahmed Johnson come out. You have Ultimate Warrior come out to save the save. That originally set up the original six-man tag. And then Sid replaced Warrior when Warrior got fired. And then you had the loss that Vader, by, and by Vader pinning Shawn Michaels that set up the, boom, the main event for SummerSlam. Which was Sean versus Vader, which was a just a all over the place kind of match. It was, it was just super fucking weird, um, but this just felt like that. That's why I even predicted it, you know. And so it's one of those things where it's like it, the rest of the pay per view just felt so so predictable. I still wanted to see it because I thought it would still be good on paper, but it was just so predictable. I think no, I think I had to have gotten everything right, right? Yeah, and and, and and a lot of times it's not about being right. A lot of times it's about, hey, did you just fucking enjoy the show, right? But I think that's why it wasn't... No, I know it's why it wasn't the show I was most anticipating. Like, I legitimately don't know what to expect from All Out. I'm expecting Tony Khan to pull rabbits out of his hat. Because who knows what... The NXT show is going to blow us away tomorrow. I, I'm expecting something... I, a return or something to happen. We know Punk's winning the championship. To me, that's the only predictable thing. My question is, 
And I would have to imagine, and I said this to Jonathan Nestor when he asked me, how does Punk turn heel? I said, watch the end of WrestleMania 17. Austin turned heel in Texas, and the only person that seemed to have recognized that was Jim fucking Ross. The place was going fuck. I remember watching WrestleMania 17 live. And I remember not comprehending, not understanding what I was seeing. And I remember, I remember just being like, what? What? Why did Vince help? Did he turn? Is he a bad guy? Now, and, and I remember Jim Ross just yelling to the same way he used to yell at Triple H about your Triple H. He was yelling at Austin. Why? Uh, it, like it was to me so hard for me to comprehend because the audience, the fans in the stadium, were still going wild. It hadn't even hit them yet. They just saw their hometown boy who won the championship, right? And then I remember the next day. Before it was everything was just official at that point. I remember going back and watching still the greatest promo package of all time. Sent to my way by Limp Biscuit, And you see Austin's face when he has that sit down with The Rock. And he says, I have to beat you, Rock, more than you know. And I remember saying to myself, oh, that motherfucker went bad. It didn't hit me when I watched that segment live. It hit me during that promo package the day after. And I was like, oh, he really meant he had to do anything. Which means he had to turn to the dark side. Which had me intrigued for a little bit. You know what intrigued me even more? MJF comes out. What if... if, I'm legit just spitballing here. Don't want to see any of this. But what happens if MJF comes out and shakes Punk's hand... After he helps Punk win the you, the, the world championship back, where the fuck are we going from there? I'm expecting something, and this is, these are only my expectations. So if I'm, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If I'm, uh, so if I get disappointed. It's not on AEW. It's on me. I'm just expecting something. That's just me. But this was still a good show. Still a very entertaining show. But for me, it was just like, well, it, it's, it was just predictable, I said, for me. Except for the main event. And the main event, deli- everything delivered. But that's why. So let's get to these, these, these uh, I've already touched on <laughs> enough of it. Um, so let's just get to the review really fast. So Bailey got the pin on Bianca Bella, which obviously sets her up for a championship match. Um, I thought this was a good six-woman tag. These six women... Dude, um, dude, you put EO Sky, Dakota Kai, Bailey, Belair, Oscar Bliss. If it's bad, then that's just a bad day at the office. But those six are just some of the, of some of the, of the sickest talent in the world today. And so this is a great opener, in my opinion. The match... I was gonna say the match I was looking forward to, but really it was a second match just because I, I, because of the outcome. I knew the outcome was inevitable, but I knew this match was gonna be great. Sheamus and Walter put on a clinic here. They beat the hell out of each other, like I thought that we all thought they would. Um, uh, Imperium is back together, which I'm glad. Once again, you know Triple H is writing some of these wrongs that made no sense to begin with. You know, and I actually read an article that said the reason why WWE wanted to lower Matt Riddle's name to Riddle is because when you Google Matt Riddle, it would say his UFC career. 
it's a part of who he is. This guy posts pictures all the time of him being in jujitsu training. And he's with Marty Scroll. If anything, that's a bad look. Having with fucking Marty Scroll right now. But, like, I feel like that's what you're going to think of immediately if you're a Matt Riddle fan. You know, and now the more and more he's on TV, he's already a former U.S. champion, former two-time tag team champion. He's, I'm assuming his match at WrestleMania next year is going to be against Randy Orton. People will more identify him with their brand, WWE. But it's that takes time, you know. If you're a UFC fan, you're always going to know him for UFC. You know what I'm saying? But um, this this right here is what Walter can do, whatever you want to call him. This is what the talent from NXT can do when you give them time to shine. And this being, and Sheamus has been very open in his like interviews. The title he wants, he's never won the Universal title. He has no interest in it. The one title he wants to win that he has yet to win is the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and these two put on a workhorse match. Sheamus got, uh, Sheamus loses, but he gets a standing ovation in the end. He's clearly a babyface at this point. Um, Imperium and and Butch and and uh, whoever the fuck else they fight at the beginning of it, which I, mean, I was glad they did, because it gave Sheamus it was a way to get them on the show, and you know it's a waste of fucking time, but it was also a way to make sure Sheamus and Gunther, Walter, or whatever you want to call them, got their time to shine. And this was a great match. Um, I'm actually stuck between this and the main event. This was a clean win, so if you just Need, only want clean wins, then this is for you. As far as like the matches tonight, but I think to me, this this is only going to help propel Walter into the main event scene for 2023. Like Karrion Cross is already in the main event scene, right? But think about what's the, think about the landscape next year. Think about the fucking landscape that will be next year. The main event scene. You will still have Roman Reigns there. He won't be world champion anymore. But you have Roman Reigns, you'll have Drew McIntyre, you'll have Bobby Lashley, you'll have AJ Styles, you'll have fucking Walter, you'll have Karrion Cross. Like, you will have still have Edge in the main event scene. That is a, a awesome theory. I don't know what the plan is, but he's going to be in the main event scene too. Johnny Gargano will be in the main event scene. Champa, this is going to be an exciting time to be a WWE fan. And as you, especially as we go into next year. I'm, I'm someone asked me with all the changes have I rethought my um I rethought my um my place that I feel about not going to another WrestleMania. WrestleMania had nothing to do with the booking. Uh, I enjoyed I, my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 27 which was critically panned. It is one it even with me being there it was one of the worst WrestleManias. It, I remember during the Jerry Lawler Michael Cole match I looked over at somebody and said, "Man, this doesn't feel like a WrestleMania." Because it, it, it was pretty fucking terrible. Um, I enjoyed the Cody Rhodes Rey Mysterio match. I enjoyed the trip. The best match in that was Triple H versus Undertaker. Um, but it has nothing to do with the booking. It has nothing to do with anxiety. And I got really the last time I was at like so the the Rumble I didn't get as much anxiety from. I think because I was sitting on the floor, humble brag there, and so like legitimately I had I paid for good seats. And you get those collector chairs, right? So I had a chair, and I honestly just picked my chair up and I just waited. And while everyone else was going up and moving, now no, I wasn't the last one there because there's some people just talking. So I kind of went with the flow, and then I legit walked maybe a good mile and a half away from the stadium before I called my Uber. And so 
and she was super nice. It was lovely. Um, so that I didn't have anxiety there, but I get I get really bad anxiety going to, to WWE shows. Um, and it's only WWE shows. Like I had none going to that ROH show this year. I had none going to the AEW show in 2020 when they were in Colorado. I had none of that. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the number of people. There is a there is a level of aggression. I don't really fuck with. Like example, right? I was telling someone the other day. Sometimes it's hard for me to go to strip clubs because, as a fan, as a uh, customer, because I worked in them for so long, and legitimately you're always on your toes, and um, it's just hard to relax when you know things could pop off at any given fucking time. So I don't know, but n- no, if if I felt like it would be healthy for me to go, as far as like it wouldn't be an issue, I would go. I just, I, I don't know. Like I said, I've had some, like I said, 2020, but I really wanted to be, and even then there was issues getting in there, which I've told that story before. Um, I don't know if I told it on this, no, I didn't tell it on this podcast, but um, I, I probably told parts of it, but uh, one day, that's 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 something for another time. Um, but anyways, no, I, I would go if, if I just feel like I wouldn't have an anxiety attack, so and then do it the bucket. Um, but this was a great match, though. Walter retains. Liv Morgan retains in a decisive victory against Shayna Baszler. This was a surprise tonight. Not that she won, but she won so decisively. She hit her finish, got the pin. It was a very flat finish, by the way. No one saw it coming. So that's why people took a little while to react. But this was this was probably the worst match of the night, but it wasn't even like it was a bad match. It was just there, you know? Um, but yeah, she, she got the win decisively, which... If you're a Liv Morgan fan, I think you feel vindicated that she got such a decisive win over a, a real threat that Shayna Baszler is. Edge and Mysterio. Edge and Rey Mysterio defeated the Judgment Day. And the heel turn that people have been waiting for happened. It just didn't happen the way people thought was going to happen. So at the end of the day, Dominic kicked Edge in, in the balls, clotheslined his dad. Meanwhile, the Judgment Day are just laughing their asses off, even though they lost. Um, I don't see why, I just don't understand why the judgment they had to lose, but you know what, I, how do I put this, they've, they've never been a real threat anyway, so why does it fucking matter, <laughs> so that's, but, but honestly, um, this was, this was fine, you know, the heel turn was expected, I think everyone is, this is a long awaited heel turn, I don't know what you do with Dominic now. I, I'm sure Mysterio does not, Ray does not want to wrestle his son, he's, he's going on record of saying that, but, this is what it's going to have to come down to. You know, Edge is not losing to fucking Dominic. Let's be real. You know, so uh, we'll see. Riddle and Rollins, they had a hell of a fight. Hell of a match, especially considering that I, I still think Rollins had some real-life heat with Matt Riddle. But they had a... Dude, this was, this was another expected win. He did a super curb stomp. Um, I enjoyed this match. Um, the right person won. And like I said, this feels like this is not the end. This feels like this is the beginning of at least a three-match feud that may culminate in Saudi. Because I think Saudi's next month, right? In October, so. We'll see. And then Drew McIntyre got the best interest of the night. Starts off with Broken Dreams and a video package. Then he goes into his regular theme music and him and Reigns put on a show. Karrion Cross has made, has put both of them on the hourglass. He threw a, a bottle at, I love, I did love this, how Reigns and Drew are on the outside. A bottle is thrown at, at McIntyre. Now, first of all, 
I knew something was going on because I was like, well, Drew wouldn't pay attention to it. But I loved how Michael Cole sold it when he said, oh, let's not start that. It was like, oh, that, this could be, I love that. And then all of a sudden the camera pans over. You see Killer Cross, or I'm going to call him Killer. That's what I'm used to. I'm going to call him Killer Cross. I'm going to call him. You see Killer Cross and Scarlet. And then you hear Drew say, take a shower, that, uh, that hourglass and showed up your ass. You want peace, you want to go. And that was all crosses. And that was even a tease. And so it made you think that he was going to get involved later on. But it was such uh, a uh, distraction. Because now you're like, you have carrying cross in your head. And now you're like, oh, is he going to get involved later? Is he going to get physically involved and just make this a double disqualification? Would they do that on their first pay-per-view in the UK in 30 years? No. But they could. Because they just did misdirection with you here, right? They have you looking over here. You should be looking over here, right? So if you're so for this, this is an audio medium. I'm pointing left, but you should be looking right. So anyways, they have they end up having a really good match. These two have great chemistry, and they have great matches all the time. This was a great match as well. The end happens when Drew hits a claymore. <coughs> well, let's let's go back to the, the middle of the match. Austin Theory tries to cash in for the second uh, time on a pay-per-view, and Tyson Fury knocks him out. He, he misses the punch by a mile, but like you don't really want a real boxer. The, the current heavyweight champion who just retired to be, actually be punching you in the fucking face, right? So anyways, Austin Theory's out of it. Drew hits a claymore after a ref bump and all that stuff. All of a sudden, you see Sokola... Uh, Sokola... So was Agola. Pull the referee out, and he then hangs uh, Drew McIntyre on the top rope. Reigns hits the third spear after Drew kicked out the first two. Got the pin to retain the title. We have the fourth member. Let me tell you guys a funny story about this. So I lit, I did the show on Thursday. I said this. I said Drew was going to win. On Friday, I wrote in my notes because it was two. And then you, these aren't usually mutually, mutually exclusive, right? But... I legitimately saw two different um, rumors in the same paragraph. And one rumor said Sokola. Oh, Sokola. He's not a fucking soda. Uh, Soa Sokola um, was being called up to the main roster. Now, that's been a rumor for weeks. You know, but I know he was hurt. And he actually, I think it was his PCL or something like that. So he was out for like six weeks. But that's been a rumor. But then on the bottom of that was the rumor of... They're not being a clean finish. And this is from a, a reputable website. It's from PW Insider. I said, that's interesting. That's going to play into it. I said that to myself, right? And then I completely forgot about it because I was looking left. That's the why I use that analogy. I completely fucking forgot about my own notes as I was looking at them. I put those in the fucking notes because I said, oh, that's going to have something to do with the finish. There's something up with that, right? And... But they had me with Karrion Cross my entire time. I'm like, man, Karrion hasn't got the ref got bumped. Austin Theory came out like they had Tyson Fury knock out Austin Theory. Where's Killer Cross at? Sure enough, Soa Sokola is the one that cost Drew McIntyre. Now, and I said this, and this is another reason why I wanted to watch it a second time. I text somebody and I say, yo, like I don't know, what, I don't know where they go from these from here. That's not true. You legit add a very important member to the fourth, the fourth member to the bloodline, right? The younger brother of the Usos to keep this reign going. We know where the tag team division is going. That those belts are getting on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, whenever the fuck they decide to pull a trigger on that. But Drew McIntyre's next feud is with Karrion Cross. 
clearly that's Karrion Cross has targeted him. That's where they go next, right? That's without a shadow of a doubt. Roman Reigns, he 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 has a date in Saudi. He's going to defend that championship in Saudi Arabia. And I don't know who he's going to, but the way they go is you have essentially Owens, Kevin, who's going to be turning babyface now. And I would have to imagine whoever they bring along to help them in their feud with the bloodline will be the next challenger. Who that is, I don't know. I don't have the answer to those questions. But anyways, that is my review of um, Clash of the Castle. Um, I enjoyed the show. But, like I said, I'm still looking for the AEW. I'm actually going to go back to the movie experience with it and enjoy it around some wrestling fans. And just, I'm, that's just me. you know. I'm, but actually, this time I'm going to go for a zero hour as well. So I'm going to actually watch all the, the entire thing. I will be, now, I will be watching NXT as well. So it's going to be about eight hours of fucking wrestling. That's going to be a lot. But uh, I will review it all. So um, that's my PlayStation control if you heard that. So anyways, that is part one of the show check it out for monday part two hope you have a good labor day hope you're barbecuing something up cooking something up i'm so chemical and i'll talk to you guys in one day